0: All right, guys. Today, I get to interview Jason Falls, a man who today we're going to get to talk a lot about influence through user-generated content, websites, all these different types of things that we're going to go into. A man that is very, very intent on helping people grow their influence through WinFluence and a number of other endeavors. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Let's start talking right away about user-generated content. Um, This is something obviously that we believe in as podcasters and so on and so forth. So kind of take us into what is the role of user-generated content as it, re- as it relates to advertisements and growth and et cetera?
1: Sure. Uh, so UGC, which is, you know, just exactly what it says, content generated by random people. Doesn't have to be influencers, but you can certainly include influencer content uh, in that. And I distinguish the two between a, an influencer piece of content is something they're going to post on their channel. A user-generated content is something that they're just going to give you permission to post on your channel as a brand. And so where that comes into play is um, all of the recent, you know, surveys, statistics, research around user generated content and around advertising is that UGC performs a lot better than branded campaigns and, and our traditional advertising creative. And so... What brands are doing now is they're saying, hey, this user-generated content, which is more authentic because it's coming from actual customers, actual fans, actual users of the products, that is more authentic. It performs better. So we need help to go out and get a bunch more of it. Because when you take that UGC, whether it's a, an Instagram reel or a clip from a TikTok video and you put it in your meta ad campaign or you put it in your TikTok ad campaign, it just performs a lot better because it's an actual person using the product. So what Scipio.ai does, my, kind of my day job, is we help brands scale that and go out and find a bunch of users to generate a bunch of content for your brand so that you can fill your coffers
0: of content for your ad campaign. So these are people where essentially you're saying, hey, please use this product and give a review, a testimonial, or something like that? Yep. It can be that, or it
1: can be something even more creative. It's uh, we, we kind of run the gamut, but a lot of it is, yes, let's put product in the user's hands and ask them to use it, film it, and create content around it. Um, and that's a pretty simple standard execution, but you can ask them to do a lot more if you want.
0: Now, like, kind of walk me through the, the business, the logistics side of this, like, you know, I mean, obviously they'd be paying your company for that service, but as far as the, the users, is this something that they're, they're paying the users to do this? Or is it like, hey, I'll give you access to this product for free in exchange for the video? Mm-hmm.
1: It depends. Um, the, the great thing about um, targeting random users or, or even very specific users as opposed to quote unquote influencers is that many of them don't consider themselves influencers. They're just social media users. They log on to see family and friends and consume content and things like that. And so they don't have this concept of oh I can charge money for creating content. Um, not that we wouldn't be you know want to be fair to people for their time and whatnot, but typically we'll reach out and say we we typically like to test with um, our clients and say hey let's let's have one group that we approach and say we'd love to give you this product to test and create some content around it, and it would be an in kind we're just going to give you a product and you're going to give us content, and there's a certain number of people who will say yes to that. And then we'll test another group and say, hey, we're going to give you the product and we're going to pay you for the content. Maybe it's $50. Maybe it's $100. Maybe it's more, depending upon your budget and your needs or the type of content creator going after. Because you start to bleed into, okay, let's go after some people who have a few thousand followers and might be creators, influencers for real, as opposed to just random users. So you can do it that way. And typically what we like to do is test both of those and see which one works well. And more often than not, the in-kind, you end up getting a lot of great content from that without having to pay on top of product. So we have a lot of clients and customers who go that route. But then we also have several that are like, no, we want to pay them for the time. We want to go after a, a higher scale content creator. So we're going to put a budget to it.
0: So a lot of people might think that this is really designed for really inexpensive products, you know, makeups and things like that, right? Like can you give us some examples of people that maybe have high-end services, 10,000, 20,000, $50,000 services? Is that something that works in this model?
1: It does work. And, and if you think about it, 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 it works a lot better with the in-kind because if you're giving away a $3,000, you know, a uh, home stereo piece of equipment or, you know, a smart TV or something like that, you're going to get a lot more yeses for product only than you would if it's a piece of lipstick or, you know, a pair of tennis shoes or something like that. But um, uh, so yeah, it does work um, in and in those situations though, uh, typically with your higher end uh, products, you have a, a mix. you have say, hey let's let's have a certain number of products that we go after that sort of micro influence or nano influence or user generated content type. Uh, approach. Um, but when you're dealing with higher end products, it costs you a lot more to give away that product. So typically that's where you're going to say, Hey, the majority of what we're going to spend is going to be with creators that can guarantee a lot more reach and that are a little bit more professional in their, in their approach. So there's some just logistical factors that make it a little bit more rare. Uh, but yeah, the higher end of the product, in fact, I've reached out to creators before, um, you know, bona fide influencers with tens of thousands of followers and said, uh, just that. Hey, I've got a $3,000 uh, outdoor weatherproof stereo system I'd like to put in your backyard. Are you game? And they're like, heck yeah, that's great.
0: And, and, and basically, the, the exchange for that is you're going to shoot a video, or review video, et cetera, and then post that over their socials. I was talking to somebody recently and they, they said, obviously, you want it posted on theirs, but you really want a testimonial. Mm hmm with them saying it posted on yours and then done as collaborals, Can you talk to us about the mechanisms of delivery that are important?
1: Sure. The, the, the big thing that you have to, um, you know, sort of negotiate and talk about when you're reaching out to the creators for user generated content or even influencer type content is usage rights. And usage rights and licensing is a very important factor. It is, uh, you know, you're using the likeness and image of the person. And so it's fair to compensate them for that. Um, but again, when you reach out to, uh, you know, use, for user-generated content uh, to a, a regular user, you can say, hey, we would like for your, to send you product uh, in exchange for this content. And we would like the rights to be able to use this content for our marketing in perpetuity um and in general most people you know will sign off on that and say yes yeah, no problem that's a one time thing and i'm not necessarily trying to build a you know, a brand out of myself. And so I'm happy with you for you to use that content. When you get into the content creators who are trying to build a brand, they're trying to become a media property. They're trying to make sure that they become famous or whatever. You're going to get into people who are like, I have to protect my uh, image usage rights. And so I'll license it to you for a year or two years because they don't know if a year or two years from now they get, you know, a TV audition and are hosting a game show or you know they they blow up on TikTok and they've got a bazillion followers so the value of their content at that point becomes different they become sort of having a cultural impact which means if you've got their content for rights in perpetuity, there there could be some conflict there with their brand as they grow. So it makes a lot of sense from a legal perspective. But more often than not, again, when you're dealing with, um, you know, a, a lower volume of audience creator for user-generated content, micro nanos, more often than not, you just say, we want you to do this and we'd be glad to do it. But in order to do it, you have to give us the rights to use the content in any way we, we see fit. And that's where brands get a lot of valuable content. They can use it on their websites. They can use it in email campaigns, ad campaigns all over the place, you know, even on collateral that they're going to put
0: in retail locations, so on and so forth. How how should someone think about how much an influencer is worth? <laughs>
1: Well, that's a that's a tricky question. And and I think uh, we're all in the influencer marketing space trying to solve that. Um, and the, the answer is it, it varies and it depends. Um, but depending upon your goal for what you're trying to do with your marketing and most people, the primary goal is sell more things. Yes. Uh, but you may have a campaign that's really focused on creating awareness. I will tell you that in general, uh, influencers, especially Instagrammers, TikTokers, things like that. In general, they're really good at gathering an audience. And so they're really good at communicating a message to that audience in terms of awareness. Hey, I'm using this product. I like this product. You should go try it. What the social media channels, and it's not necessarily the influencers, although not very many influencers are really good at it. But the social media channels, you have to remember, people don't come there to shop necessarily. They come there to consume content, to interact with their friends, to see what their families are up to, things like that. So it's not a place. It's not like going to Amazon. You're not there to buy things. So the conversion, if you're looking to drive conversions and sales, social media channels are by default set up to work against you in a way. Because the audience isn't going there for that. Now that's changing. There's shoppable posts on Instagram. TikTok has some really good shoppable content now. So there's becoming a little bit of a gray area there. But you're sort of up against the wall if you're trying to convert using influencers. It's better to use them for more of an awareness campaign, things like that. Um, and so depending upon your goal, you want to figure out, OK, if we're trying to drive awareness, we need to look at influencers with a lot of reach. We need to look at influencers who maybe they have some proof to the pudding that they can also convert customers. Um, and then we have to make sure that we uh, understand and can quantify how many people read, hear, hear the message, see the message as a result of this campaign so that we can look at here's how many people were aware of the, the product before and here's how many are aware after. If your, your goal is simply straight conversions, then you've got to do things like make sure every influencer is presenting a call to action to go somewhere to buy the product. Make sure you're tracking that with either a unique URL or a coupon code or a unique link, something like that. So that at the end of the day, you can say, hey, we used 20 influencers and these five drove this much money and this much conversion. So we really like them. Let's keep them. And then let's go get 15 others to replace the ones who didn't perform as well. So you just have to plan ahead to measure what you're trying to do. uh, And then you can start to see the value of a creator. I would always, as a brand, ask a creator, I need some degree of evidence that you are able to drive conversions, if that's your goal. And if they're a good creator, if they're smart, if they've got good business sense, they're going to present you with case studies of like, hey, we were tasked to sell this particular product and our tracking code drove 4,500 sales that equated to this many dollars, those are the kind of creators who, who get it and you're going to want to work with more.
0: Yeah. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. And so that seems like this is an industry where there's still a lot more art than science. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we're starting to get um, a little bit more middle of the road between those two, uh, but it's definitely a lot more about the creative concept and what the creator can do to drive engagement with their audience than it is push this button, sell this many things.
0: Yeah. And th- basically, you know, in a nutshell, I mean, you're leveraging somebody's brand and awareness for mm-hmm. your own ends. So, Let's talk about how that translate translates and parlays into influence, so kind of give me your understanding of like what is influence, especially in a in a digital age and and then and then is this type of strategy good for influence or is it usually just good for growing your own product service sales, and brand?
1: That's an interesting question, so I would define influence as the ability to persuade an audience to take action, and so that's why you see this. This term influencer marketing has come to be in the last decade or so uh, because we're finding people who have a lot of followers, who have good reach and, and impact online, and we're leveraging that perception or perceived influence to try and get them to tell their audiences to go buy our products. The difference is, is that just because someone has an audience just because someone has an audience's attention doesn't mean they can persuade them to do anything. It doesn't mean they actually have influence. They have indicators. They have a number of followers. They drive this much engagement on their posts. They drive this many video views or impressions, but if they they haven't figured out the psychology of presenting a product or an idea or an opportunity to their audience in a persuasive way to make them take action, then they might be an influencer, but they don't have influence. And that's the trick in this whole influencer marketing world is figuring out which ones know how to motivate their audience to take action or which ones are so impactful from a emotional or cultural standpoint that their audience is just going to do what they say no matter what. That's when you get into the you know super celebrities. If you want to sell a bunch of stuff by Monday, then go pay Kim Kardashian a million dollars to hold up the product and say, go buy this. And 100,000 people are going to go out and buy it. And you're going to be very, very happy. Uh, it's going to cost you a lot of money, but you're probably going to be very happy. Um, the, 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 the day-to-day, though, is much more of that middle-of-the-road creator who you can't really tell the difference between the ones who just create great content and great engagement and those who can actually persuade their audience to take action. So you have to kind of understand the difference between an influencer and someone who actually has influence. And you have to look at the KPIs and the analytics and the metrics that the influencer marketing softwares and the creators give you to start to draw some judgment on, okay, well, we think this one's really good at talking to the audience, but this one's really good at teaching the audience or persuading the audience to do something. And those are the ones you're going to want to gravitate to uh, when you're trying to you know, move product or sell things on, on the internet.
0: So one of the distinctions between an influencer and someone who has influence is obviously the ability to persuade. Uh, mm-hmm. people to do things through being good at presenting so on and so forth if someone is evaluating say you know youtube channels or instagram you know profiles etc what are some of the hallmarks you know if they don't have access to the analytics before they decide to reach out to somebody is it the is it the emotionality that they provide is it like your how much you're sucked into it like what are <laughs> what are some things
1: Yeah, there's some indicators that you can look at. I mean, if you're going to a YouTube channel, obviously look to see, are they consistently in their content presenting products and services? Because if they are, they're used to selling. They're used to presenting a call to action. Their audience is used to being pitched and being given you know, products and services to, to consider. Look at their engagement. See how many comments they have. See if they go back and forth with their own audience in the comments, because that's an indicator that the audience is really invested in this particular person. Um, and then, yeah, use your own judgment. Watch their their videos or listen to their podcasts or look at their Instagram content or their TikTok content and say, you know, with the content that where they are presenting a sponsored you know piece or even just in their natural sort of ability to engage their audience, do you think that they would be persuasive in talking to their audience about your particular product? Sometimes you have to really do the work and, you know, go back, you know, 30, 60 days and see, well, what type of content do they create? What type of engagement do they have with their audience? do I think they're trustworthy as an audience member myself? And if the answers are yes, in in most of those situations, then they're probably going to be a pretty reasonable uh, influencer to reach out to and at least test with. And I would always recommend, hey, test once, see if it works. And if it does, then keep throwing gas on that fire.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say like outside of the influencer space? I mean, you talk a lot about influence. What are some of the key Elements of influence outside of maybe social media that you think people should should adopt.
1: Yeah, I I like to use the analogy of, you know, an Instagrammer with 400000 followers isn't going to do you any good if you are a local franchisee of, let's say, the parent teacher store. Right, You sell school supplies. You have one location. Let's say you're in Louisville, Kentucky, where I am. So somebody who even you know, talks about education or talks about reading or literacy or whatever that has a half a million followers on Instagram isn't going to do you any good because a very small fraction of the, that audience is in, within 10, 15 miles of your store. So you've got to look for influencers that are going to influence the audience that can actually buy from you. And when you put it in that context, you start to think, okay, well, who can impact and influence teachers, uh, maybe homeschool parents, um, you know, other people who are buying school supplies? Well, that's probably going to be maybe local parent and teacher association, uh, you know, presidents or board members. It's going to be uh, influential teachers within the local school district who create a lot of content or speak at, you know, meetings and things like that. Maybe it's, um, you know, high school uh, or, or youth league soccer coaches. Maybe it's, you know, band directors and music directors. Maybe it's you partner with a local uh, pediatric dentist or pediatrician's office and you have some sort of exchange where your store is educating parents on better health for their kids, and the dentist is advocating for, hey, you can get really good school supplies for this fall at this parent-teacher store. So you've just got to put that thought of influence through the filter of who am I trying to impact? And who impacts and influences them. And if you just take a couple of steps back and forget about the fact that there's people on social media with a lot of followers and there's software that can give all these fancy reports on who all these influencers are and just start to think, well, who actually influences my audience? Let's go talk to them and figure out a way to partner with them so that we can communicate to their audience through them and they get some benefit from us too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. What do you see as the big mistakes people are making in, in the market today? Well, I mean, the biggest one
1: is they go for the, the, the follower count first. Um, you know, they, the, the fascination with how many followers a social media content creator has is it's very basic thinking. Um, yes, you can probably get a lot of reach that way, but you also have to kind of do an analysis and say, analysis and say, well, yeah, but how many of those followers are real people? Um, how many of those followers are also following so many other people, they're never going to see that person's content, right? You've got to really do an analysis of who their audience is so that you can really understand whether or not they're going to reach the people you want. But I think what's the sort of the the trend as businesses and brands have become more mature in the influencer marketing thinking, uh, the trend is it's not so much about the number of followers, it's who creates the best content? Who can create the content that's the most engaging? Because at that point, if I can find someone who creates really good content, I don't really care how many followers they have, although certainly I want them to communicate to that audience. I want to get those usage rights so I can take that content and put it on my channel's or put ad spend behind it because I know that that content is going to perform better than anything I'm going to be able to create on my own or with my agency because consumers are consistently more uh, responsive to user-generated content and or content created by real people. Uh, and so it's really less about the number of followers and more about the quality of content. The other mistake I think that, that a lot of, of businesses and brands make when they're talking about influencers is they think, uh, here's my money and here's my product, hold it up and post about it. I'm going to sponsor your post. That's 2007 thinking, right? We're in 2023. What you need to do is say, Hey, Let's, let's figure out a relationship that works so that you are consistently talking to your audience about my brand, my product, my service, my store, whatever. Um, and then in exchange, we're giving you value. And maybe that's in product. Maybe that's in access to information. Maybe that's money. It could be a lot of different things. But building a relationship over time with cons- with influencers that have access to the consumer's you're trying to reach makes a lot more sense. And you end up spending your money much more efficiently that way. And you're also accounting for the other part uh, of the advertising equation. You've got reach when you find somebody with a lot of followers, but you're never going to have frequency unless you develop that relationship. And they're consistently saying something to their audience
0: about your product or service. So is the game easier or harder now, would you say? (laughs) <laughs> uh, to acquire influencers and to, to help promote your products? Well, I think it's easier
1: because we've gotten smarter about it. Um, you know, in, in 2007, when IZEA was one of the first companies that came out with the you know, sponsored content, sponsored posts, uh, sponsored tweet kind of approach, it was, let's find somebody willing and see how much they'll charge. Um, and, and it that was pretty simple, but it wasn't real effective. So you had to start to, well, I got to figure out which ones are right and so on and so forth. I think as we've gotten smarter, as the technology's gotten smarter over the years, um, it's a lot easier to find uh, a better list of influencers to reach out to on the front end because your search and discovery is better, your filters and your analysis is better. Um, I think it's easier to it's never real easy to reach out to them and pitch them unless you've just got a really good concept, a really good product or a really good idea. So you've got to be clever about how you do it. Uh, But once you have their interest, it's gotten a lot easier because more and more creators are used to the process. They understand, okay, there's got to be value in it for you to reach my audience. There needs to be value in it for me. So let's figure out what that value equation looks like. I think it's easier today just because we've gotten more savvy with it. It doesn't necessarily make it simple, uh, but it's certainly uh, a pretty predictable, you know, plane. If you have a good product, a good message, a good pitch, and you've got a good creator that you've targeted more often than not, that creator is going to be like, Oh yeah, this all makes sense. Let's figure this out.
0: Yeah. Because they could see a clear benefit to their audience of your product and service and so on and so forth. Yep. Um, And then a lot of times do you have that, you have that creator sample experience that product before they even make a decision on if they're sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. sometimes. I mean, if you're reaching out, let, let's say you're Whataburger, you know, and you're reaching yeah. out to a creator, they've probably had a Whataburger. Yeah. So you don't have to do that every time. But yeah, if it's a new product, um, creators, in fact, this is a, a red flag to watch out for. If you have a brand new product that you know the creators never experienced, and they just say yes, don't use that creator. Because they're just selling their messaging. They're not actually, they don't care about your product. They're just taking your money. Yeah. What you want is someone who says, well, I need to try the product. I need to understand the product. I need to feel like my endorsement of this product um, is uh, is qualified because if I don't, my audience will call me out and they'll know that I'm not being authentic. Those are the creators that really understand that connection with their audience and that they have to be honest and transparent and truthful or it's never going to work well. Those are the creators that care enough about their audience to take care with your product and presenting it to them. And so look out for that as a potential red flag.
0: Fantastic. So obviously there's been a lot of shifts between 2007 and today, you know, in 16 years. What do you see as the shifts in the next 16 years?
1: Ooh, next sixteen years, who knows? Um, but I think the future of influence marketing, in my mind, is really um, revolves around uh, the building those relationships and finding the creators who are consistently creating the type of content that aligns with your brand. Um, I think you're going to see brands spend a lot less money, uh, but with and and with less creators over time because they're going to zero in on the ones. Who are really effective? Um, the smart brands will. There's and there's different brands and different scenarios where, hey, we just got to reach a lot of people, so we're going to go out and hire, you know, two thousand creators to do stuff, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with those approaches. I just see brands becoming more and more cost efficient and uh, cost effective with their their influence uh, investment. And the 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 trend we're seeing over the last probably six to nine months right now is that brands are actually shifting a little bit away from traditional influencer marketing and really focusing on user-generated content because, uh, A, in general, it's more cost-efficient and cheaper. Uh, B, it's more effective than what their current production teams or advertising agencies or whatnot are producing for them. Um, and see if, as long as you negotiate those usage rights, you basically have an entire universe of content creators that becomes your ad agency, your creative team to create the videos and the images that you need to populate all of your advertising, um, you know, spend and your media there. So I think that trend is going to continue. You're going to have more and more brands that are like, "Eh, I'm not so much interested in that uh, influencer thing." But I do like how they create content. So let's hire them to create content with and for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. what is your vision for your life and business in the next 12 to 18 months? <laughs> well, there's there's
1: I got so many things going on that I could probably talk for days on this. But the two primary things I think that I see in the next, you know, year and a half for for me is, you know, my 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 main focus right now is the EVP of marketing for Scipio.ai is making sure that uh, brands who need to you know, fill those coffers with content for their ad campaigns, especially on meta and TikTok, especially video, uh, I think you know, I, I want to focus on growing you know, the ability for Scipio.ai to help them uh, and fill that void out there for uh, retail brands. Um, I also do a lot of strategic consulting with companies some some of it through Scipio, some of it uh, on the side and I, I really feel like brands continue to to have a demand and a need for a more elevated creative concepting approach to influencer marketing as opposed to just hold my product up and say cheese um, and so I'm going to continue to do that and I think the market's going to continue to get more. Uh, Elegant, more sophisticated, and you're going to see a lot more interesting, creative things happen in the next year and a half in terms of influencers.
0: Awesome. Jason, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about UGC, uh, a concept that I was much less familiar with a week ago. Um, And now I'm really excited to dive in much deeper. For those of you out there listening, maybe UGC or other types of marketing, leveraging other people's brand could be a huge benefit to you. Uh, Write down something you learned from today's episode, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode.